Today we consider how we can be a little more intentional about making progress in our life by clarifying our purpose and priorities. Welcome to Run With Horses. My name is Norman and my goal is to help you thrive as a follower of Jesus. There are a lot of moving parts to the journey, but our foundation is built on the solid rock. Keep your eyes on the prize and keep making steps forward on your spiritual journey. And the good news is, Susan gets to join me again today. Hello. So, always thankful for that. Now it's getting a little harder with life and December's here. So, there are all of those things that go along with December, which is Christmas and family gatherings and very soon to be New Year's and Christmas programs and... You know, probably two brief thoughts about the real meaning behind all of this and then just daily life because you still have meals and cleaning and all of that stuff. And then there's probably a glimmer in the back of your mind that says, the year's almost done and another one's coming and I'm not ready. Maybe that's just me. No, (laughs) that's true. So I was thinking about this as, you know, we've been traveling a lot and a lot of people have traditions. Do we have any traditions that have survived our traveling? As far as Christmas? Yeah. Well, I don't know. We haven't really had a Christmas here in a long time, have we? I don't remember. I mean, I guess maybe last year we were still here. But, yeah, I mean, we got rid of almost all of our Christmas ornaments and decorations and stuff. I mean, we used to do stockings on uh, Christmas morning. Right. I was thinking about just buying some new socks and filling that instead, (laughs) just so it's practical and still kind of having a tradition. Right. Yeah, that's one of the things about our life compared to most people. We have not been really good about making any traditions because we're always on the move, so that makes it difficult. Um, Oh, well, beyond traditions, when you think about the holidays, and I guess the whole holiday season, Christmas, New Year's, even Thanksgiving, Ending one year, going to the next, what's, what really goes through your mind when you think about that time of year and all that hubbub? Well, I always enjoy decorating for Christmas. I know it's not your favorite thing, but just for that one month or so, just have something different in the house and play your Christmas music. That's just kind of fun. But yeah, I mean, there is all the, okay, we got to have this party and this get together. We have to make food for that. We need, it's kind of overwhelming and tiring and mm-hmm. exhausting. And it's the, the pressure of, oh, this person needs a gift and I'm not good at buying gifts for people. So then that's another layer of, ugh. <laughs> yep. I know what you mean. So I, just to even listen to this, you probably already know, because I guess I wasn't quite as aware as many people, but you know that many people are very depressed during the holiday season? Have you heard that before? I've heard some people are. Yeah, apparently it's, it's a large number, and I think the last couple of years probably has made that worse. In general, it has made mental health issues a little worse. But I was looking and came across an article. It was called New Year's Depression, Yes, It's Real, and Here's What You Can Do. And we're not going to go into what they said, here's what you can do, but looking at some of their ideas about why it's a real thing and um, just thinking about that in in our life and everyone else, it didn't seem like it should be a depressing time. So let's look at what they said. So I'll read a little bit of the article. It said it's a well-known and researched fact that the holiday season worsens or triggers mental health symptoms in many people. If you already have depression, this time of year can make it worse. That was kind of a, I didn't realize that. So the entire season from Thanksgiving to New Year's Eve causes stress, anxiety, and depression for many reasons, which you've kind of mentioned some of the stress and anxiety and kind of, there's just a lot of busyness 
and that is not necessarily fun. So it seems like you should have a break, but if you're busy and then suddenly the holidays come and you're busier, that probably is not good. So they mentioned several things. Stress is a major component of holiday blues. The stress with buying gifts, which you mentioned, buying big dinners or making big dinners, attending parties, you know, that can be overwhelming, which we try not to go to too many parties. I don't find those very fun, personally, <laughs> but I suppose there are people that like that kind of thing, but I'm not one of them. Do you like parties? It depends on the people and yeah. how exhausted I am or <laughs> how many things you have to rearrange in order to go to the party. Yeah. I suppose a small party. Like, I like getting together with like another family, but like a true party where you have 50 people or something, I'm not really a big fan of that. That's stressful. Um, but yeah, so I, totally, the buying gifts to me is not so stressful because these days I'm more likely to have it ordered and sent to the house, so it's a lot easier. Uh, So it's less stressful than it used to be. I I did, growing up, we always... Okay, this was a tradition for us growing up, and I don't know if anybody else had this. It's a little bit crazy. But what we did is like the week of Christmas. That's usually when we did it, because we had to wait until Dad was off work and could do go with us. We would load in the car, Mom and Dad and three kids, and go to Walmart... And everybody would have their money, and you buy presents for everybody. You have an hour or whatever the time is. This is it. <laughs> so, so for the kids, it's one, one opportunity. I'm sure mom and dad bought some stuff um, beforehand. but So it's always that um, you're trying to avoid the, your siblings in the store because you don't want them to see what you got for them. But you might need help picking out something for mom and dad. <laughs> It was very stressful. <laughs> so that was one of our traditions, and I'm so glad that we don't do that. Um, but that was, I mean, I suppose there were fun parts about it, mm-hmm. but I'm glad we don't do that. <laughs> but that was our big tradition growing up. Um, second thing they mentioned was high expectations. That can trigger bad feelings, especially if you feel like you can't meet those tra- expectations. I know we've talked about that before. Yeah, or even your own expectations aren't met. I know even as a kid... My family, we have several stories of people's, ex, you know, our kids, the kids' expectations. And you, like you've had a, something on your wish list and then you get something that's a real downgrade from that. And you're just like depressed because it wasn't what you wanted. But then um, I think through the years, I learned as a young person not to have any expectations. And then that kind of helped me to cope with that. Mm. Just say, I'm not going to expect anything. And then if I get something, then that's a bonus. And I guess I wasn't even thinking about presents, but I was thinking about <laughs> like you have an expectation for a get together. This is going to be fun. And yeah. then people have bad tempers or bad moods. And it's yeah. like, oh, that was horrible. I'm so, <laughs> so your expectation of what might yeah. happen at a family get together and things like that can be not fun. Right. But yeah. There's a lot of things, your expectations, even, you know, we were today looking at you're getting decorations out and think your mom has expectations about where things should go and so you can't do what you would like mm-hmm. and that's an expectation too that can be unmet right. like you would like to have the freedom to decorate and you can't always do what you mm-hmm. think is best or if you have a family you have to work around um, really the most sensitive person usually are the one who's going to be the loudest or the most offended right. <laughs> so yeah expectations are a big part of Christmas and holidays and all that things. Finances cause a great deal of anxiety, 
particularly when coupled with the expectations of gift buying, which that's what you had mentioned. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, we've I've had we've had times when it was like that. Like I wish we could spend more money. I know my mom particularly when we were kids, we often didn't have money, and mom particularly felt bad that they didn't get us things or couldn't get us things. So we got a lot of practical gifts when we were kids. You know, you'd get clothes and shoes and all those, those things that you needed. And she felt bad that she couldn't give us things that we might want. But I don't know, we didn't recognize that as kids. So that's one encouragement for you who are parents and are worried about that. I don't know your kids. If they have one thing that they're happy about, then I think that's, we often were quite happy with cookies and you know, getting a new pair of boots as a kid was pretty cool, at least for us, and that was our family. And I understand if you have spoiled your kids rotten, then that's probably not going to work. So your normal life flow might have a lot to say with how satisfied your kids are going to be. <clears throat> Another thing I mentioned is some people end up isolated during the holidays, which can trigger depression. And I think that, to me, kind of goes back to the expectations. You know, you kind of... Mm-hmm assume that Christmas is going to be about people and being with people and there's certain expectations at least of society that you're getting together and having fun at these parties so if you're not invited or if you can't go or you know you've moved away from home and you're not around family I could see how that would be um, sad for a lot of people if you like your family <laughs> uh, grief is often amplified at the holidays so if you lost a close loved one I, I definitely can understand that if, if you had um, a lot of things where you had, had done as a family. And then even as we get older and our kids begin to move away, we still probably this year have all our kids together, but it mm-hmm. could be the last one, who knows? So you have that time when people are not going to be there. And then when somebody is no longer with you, then that definitely, I could say that would be a, make the holidays more difficult. Mm-hmm. And then colder weather and shorter days may trigger seasonal depression. And I have that. I hate cold. And dark. And dark. It's all so dark yeah. so much. Come on. Yeah, so cold and dark is not not really fun. But, <laughs> yeah, I, so I, I get it. I understand all those things. That a lot of it applies to New Year's um, as well, and you get to the end of the year. So loneliness, isolation, they, they play a major factor. But as you get to the New Year, then there's also a lot of reflection. You know, you get to past Christmas, you start thinking about the last year, and you got the next one. And what this article said, it, people look over the past year and they see a lot of disappointments. All the bad things stand out. And so this is particularly a problem, it says, if you can tend to compare your own achievements with those of others, and that's usually the case. We really are not supposed to compare with other people, so I could see how if you look at your life and then you look at other people, you can always find some reason to say, well, they're doing better than me, and would make mm-hmm. you sad. So was any of that new to you? Are you aware of all that? I guess I don't always think about all those things, but, and you notice that, okay, I'm worried about money or I'm worried about this, but you don't see the whole picture. And it's like all of those stressors and concerns all at the same time. Yeah, that's kind of a big thing. Mm-hmm. So looking at that, you know, we're kind of new back in the state, so we're not really grounded. This is like, at least I feel like I'm not really grounded. I, I don't really know anybody here because I've been on the road so much. So in some ways, I suppose it makes it harder. But I look at that and see that there should be a lot of opportunities. I mean, it's a very real struggle, but particularly thinking about Christians and the church, there's an opportunity to reach out to people and try to fill in some of those gaps. 
I know for us, we struggle a little bit because we, we're not in our own place. And I, I feel quite often I'd like to invite somebody over and we just feel like, you know, it's not our house. <laughs> we struggle to do that. Um, but having said that, that may be true for us, but that's not true for everybody. And it seems like if we would look around us and say, who are the people who might be the, the ones who are grieving? They've lost somebody in the last year. Mm-hmm. You know, is there something we can do to encourage them? Mm-hmm. But a lot of these things, the stress, um, I just start at the top, the stress of holidays and parties and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. If you're part of that, particularly part of putting those things on and setting the, the atmosphere, because that's part of it. What kind of expectations are you setting people up for? How can we make that easier for people? Do you have any thoughts on that? Well, like if it's a gift exchange or something, have something that's just a white elephant, you know, something from your house you don't have to buy, so you mm-hmm. don't have to spend money. You just have to look around creatively. Or, Well, what about before you get into the gifts, just the you're getting ready for those kind of things or you're going to attend one and maybe it's... Is there some way to... to Set it up where you know the atmosphere is going to be a little more relaxed. Because I think that's part of it. It's like there's a lot of expectations, a lot of yeah. uh, pressure put on this event to accomplish something which I don't know that it's supposed mm-hmm. to accomplish or can accomplish. I suppose if there was an open-ended time frame, just come any time or wear whatever you want. I mean, is that what you're thinking? Well, I mean, about? I don't know. I, mean, that, I guess you that have goes... to dress up and you have to be there at this time, I and mean, that's kind of stressful for some people. Yeah, that's. I suppose that's the thing you'd have to ask: is why is somebody stressed about some of those things, and how do you address those? But um, so we are not putting on any parties that I am aware of this year. Or sometimes I suppose if a church or family it plans a lot of events and you feel like you have to go to all of them, that can also add to your mm-hmm. burden. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know the answer to all of the reasons why it might be stressful, but a big dinner where people are preparing, I mean, for yourself, if you're putting one on, one of the things I always feel like is you should be willing to ask for help. Don't feel like you have to do everything. So I would feel perfectly comfortable people saying, hey, we're having three or four families coming over. If you're interested in coming, you say, yes, hey, could you bring this <laughs> and help with the cooking? I think a lot of people probably anticipate that anyway, but be real upfront about it. You know, I, I have limits <laughs> and ask for help and even uh, decorating and things like that. Yeah, and that only works if the host hostess is not a perfectionist, like if she wants to have her potatoes this way only, or have this dish only like that. You know, you have to release some of the hold and control on your menu. Okay, so that's really one of the things that we do need to address. There are people who are the stress causers in all these, whether it's the family or the big dinner or the party, and they're the people who have high expectations and they're very vocal and demanding about it. And they really cause stress for everybody else. So if any of you are listening today, don't do that. <laughs> Let go of a lot of, of a lot of those expectations and uh, allow other people to be part of the planning and allow things to be messy. I think that's part of it. Perfection is not usually as much fun at a party. You know, it's okay if things don't work out quite like you'd hoped be a little freer. So have options. Like as an example, I know I've been to parties where the host really, really wanted everybody to play games, but 
because of the mix of people they invited, several people really didn't want to play games. Um, so you could pressure them and just kind of have an unhappy game playing time. <laughs> or you can say, okay, that was one idea, but we have other ideas too. And one of them is just let people sit and talk. And some people, that's what they prefer. So to be flexible in your planning and hold everything loosely probably would help if you're one of those perfectionists who are stressing everybody out. Mm. Um, you know, if you have the expectation of meeting someone else's desires, I mean, part of it is recognizing that you can't do that. I mean, if you're um, the one hosting something, just recognize that everybody's would do it differently, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and somebody says, oh, I wouldn't have done it that way. Well, you didn't do it. <laughs> that's, that's okay. You can mm-hmm. accept that you don't do it the way other people do. Uh, and they might have done it where it would be fancier or um, longer or shorter or with all these differences. But those differences only make it better for that person. They don't necessarily mean that everybody else feels the same way. Um, you make it too formal and some people don't like it. And you make it too informal and some people don't like it. So you're not going to please everybody. So I think recognizing that is really important. If you're the one that's feeling bad because of your expectations of meeting other people's desires. Mm-hmm. Finances, I mean, you have to work within your limits and recognize, you know, we're supposed to understand, you know, we're buying gifts to show our appreciation or love for somebody. And ultimately it's a reflection of what God's done for us. So the finances really are not, shouldn't be a big part of that. I mean, it's, if there are people who are going to be upset with you because you didn't spend enough, uh, that's on them. You know, if, you know, it's one thing, and I understand people that wish they could buy their kids more, but again, your kids, if you're not spoiling them all the time, uh, there are lots of ways to make things fun for your kids that don't cost a lot of money. Uh, don't worry about it. And certainly don't worry about the adults in your life who have money and feel like you can't match their gift giving. That That's not your responsibility. Mm-hmm. So don't feel bad about that. I'm not sure that you can accept that from me, but <laughs> as an authority in your life, don't feel bad about that. <laughs> We're going to come back to the isolation and grief in a second, um, in the second half of this show today. So I'm going to skip over those a little bit. But... Um, cold weather, shorter days. I'm not sure you can do anything about that. You can put more lights more outside lights that's your, true. Tr- like your Christmas lights. I mean, that's something I look forward to in the dark, early yeah. evenings. You know, you can go to church and it's like, oh, beautiful. So take a ride around in the dark and appreciate that because it's dark, you can go and see Christmas lights before supper. There you go. <laughs> that probably would be something that would make you appreciate the dark a little more. So, you know, it seems like, I mean, there are people who have holiday blues, depression. Part of my concern or question is, how do we know who does? Do you think that's, are people just going around saying, I'm depressed? Well, sometimes you can see it on their faces or, you know, they're just quiet in the corner or look sad, but... A lot of people do hide it well, so you don't know until you get close enough or ask. And even sometimes when you ask, they won't really share that unless they know that you really care or I don't know. 
Yeah, so this, to me, gets to the maybe something more at the heart of the matter we're thinking about the church and our relationships. It, it does seem like a lot of people are really good at hiding those kind of things. Mm-hmm. But we need to know. You know, you can't help somebody if you don't know that there's an issue. And part of it is if you're busy and you're focused on yourself, you're probably not thinking about it. You know, that, that could be a big problem. And I know I could be that way, just distracted by everything else so you don't have time to think about other people. Mm-hmm. And that's not good. So we really do have to remember at this, this time of year, yes, but all the time, we want to be developing the relationships where you're aware of what the problems are. So be aware of the people who have lost people in the last year. And is there some way you can uh, encourage, comfort them, particularly with somebody who maybe can't, doesn't have anybody else. You know, it's one thing if they have family and they're going to come together and you say, well, mm-hmm. you can write them a note and that might be sufficient because they've got more family around and maybe your help is more needed after the holidays. But, you know, how can we reach out to the people who we know might be in that space? Then I think it's the rest of the year that is going to make the biggest difference in us knowing who those people are and maybe keeping them um, from being lost in the shuffle you know if you don't know that people tend that way or what their expectations are or that some people are stressed by these things if you don't have those conversations and get to know them well enough then we're going to struggle to help them i know i've had people ask me before are you having family over or are you visiting people this christmas or do you have plans and then by asking that it kind of could reveal Mm -hmm. oh i don't have any plans or Mm-hmm. You know, planning. I'm going to have lots of people over, so you know that would maybe give a hint of what they're facing. Yeah. So it might be a good idea for all of us to spend the next couple of weeks before the end of the year to ask people. You know, what are they doing for Christmas, New Year's? Mm-hmm. Do they have things going on? Uh, you know, some people do like just to have the quiet time, have a busy life, and they would like to sit at home. But to find the people who are stuck and don't have anything and say, is there a way we could do something? And even for us, you know, we could maybe take somebody out to a restaurant or something if we couldn't invite them here. And some people might could get to the house. But mm-hmm. um, to be intentional, I guess it comes back to, a lot of things come back to being intentional and reaching out to people and thinking about who is in your church family, in your community that you can get to know a little better during this time. They might have a little extra time. Mm-hmm thinking about always my focus on disciple-making, there may be people who have extra time over the holidays. Um, Think of men in your church who might have a week off when they don't normally, and maybe they're going to spend it all hunting or something like that, but they may have a little extra time to get together. So there may be opportunities to build relationships that you're not going to have normally. So to take advantage of those times as well. Yeah, this reminds me of um, the times in the Gospels where it talks about how Jesus saw a person and reached out to them. It's like that we're trying to cultivate that seeing, mm-hmm. seeing the people that are in our relationships, in our groups, and mm-hmm. really see them and consider what they might have a need of. Yeah, it seems like that's difficult for us. It's hard for us. We, we recognize and see very quickly the people we know. And I, I think just the way our mind and everything works 
we see people we don't know, and a lot of times we kind of move right over them because we're looking for the faces we recognize. Mm -hmm. And you're drawn to the ones you recognize that have a smile and they're happy to see you. And the person right. who doesn't know you, they're not smiling and happy to see you. They don't know you. So we tend to move past them. And maybe it takes retraining ourselves to look for the people that we don't recognize or don't know as well that are kind of um, a little more aimless in the corner and say, how can I first reach out to the people I don't know. So that's hard for us. Yeah, it's hard to care for people that you don't know. So once you hear their story and know more about them, it's more likely that you will mm -hmm. care about their needs and their comforts. Yes, one of the things I've learned recently, I was in a, a conference and it talked about the six gears of conversation. And... What's relevant here is not all of the gears, but first gear is just like, how's the weather? You know, it's that polite conversation that everybody does that doesn't mean anything. But the second gear is actually kind of what we're talking about. And, and the way described it is godly curiosity. So you're just, see somebody you don't know or you don't know much about, and you're just curious. You're able to ask questions. And the goal is not to grill somebody but you're really curious about who they are. You know, and it's like that way when we get to know somebody uh, who we're developing a friendship with, you're learning what they like and they don't like and what their family's like and you know, all the little details of their life. And you, you do it naturally. There's no pressure when you're just hanging out with somebody that you, you like and you're getting to know. It's trying to foster that kind of atmosphere with somebody that you don't know yet they're not a friend yet, but they could be. So how can you have godly curiosity with people you don't know yet? And part of it's the motivation to do that. And then part of it's being aware that it is just, it's being curious about this person that God made and he loves. And they have a whole life that you don't know. And relationships and family and work and all those things about them that you don't know. And one thing we do know is that God is working in all that, that God wants to draw them to himself. So how can we be curious? And we are getting to know them, but we're also, at least in my mind, thinking, um, where's God working? You know, God's working somewhere to reveal himself to this person. And where is that? And maybe it's in this conversation, or maybe it's in a future one, or maybe I hear something in my process of getting to know them that sparks an idea for how we might could get together and introduce them to someone else who might be that person. But I think that idea of godly curiosity can be helpful in getting to know the people who we don't know well enough to know where they are in the holidays. And just ask them, hey, do you have traditions for Christmas? What are you, what do you do during the, the downtime over the holidays? Yeah, it's good to have a couple of those good questions available in your mind. So it's not like, uh, I don't know what to say to you. You're new. <laughs> so we're going to... Go ahead. Sorry. Or if they tell you, oh, I'm interested in this, and I like to do that, and I have this many kids, and I go home and quick write it down so you don't forget it, because I can't remember everybody's <laughs> Yes, stories. I often lose all those things. <laughs> so. uh, okay, we're going to take a quick break and be back with some thoughts about how to avoid the holiday blues and maybe help someone else along the way. And particularly, we're thinking about that idea of isolation and loneliness. I think those are the two big things that we as the church, I mean, it's one thing if somebody's stressed about expectations for parties and all that, but really, as the church, the one thing that we want to be 
concerned about is connecting with people and getting to know them. And that loneliness and isolation are two big issues that maybe we can have a small part in helping. Be right back. <laughs> 